For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, Director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is Howard Yana Shapiro, Advisor and Fellow at Mars Incorporated and Senior Fellow at the University of California, Davis, who will be speaking in the University of Arizona College of Science's 15th Annual Public Lecture Series. The series is titled Catalysts of Change, and the basic theme is the way the world is changing more rapidly than ever. Your title is The World is Changing Faster Than We Are, but those changes are both positive and negative. We've got more people than ever to feed, but more capability to produce food than ever as well, correct? That's correct. But the real issue is, do we have the will to employ the technologies that are necessary to produce the food on a smaller footprint of land? Because the famous humorous Will Rogers said they're making more people every day, but they're not making any more dirt. So it's a fixed system, much the way water is. Now you say that will is a crucial thing. What, what is it that it takes will to do? The adoption of modern technologies is not always hand-in-hand hand with the need to solve a problem. Every one of us in the science world is great at making discoveries, modest on translation, and very little of us know how to go to scale. And so the ability to go from our discovery to translation to scale will be the determinant, and then bringing the public along with us to have them understand the technologies that we are employing will make the difference between whether we have abundance or we have chronic hunger and malnutrition. What are some of the technologies that are on the horizon that could help with this problem, but you're not sure that we'll be able to do? Well, there's a, a technology called CRISPR, and people often refer to it as CRISPR-Cas9. And this is a very interesting way to be able to edit an individual plant. People edit have the genes of an individual yes, plant. Yes. And when we think about this, and the ease of this operation and the fact that it's a democratized technology. At the University of California, Davis, where I'm based, there's probably 50 labs on campus using CRISPR. Across the state of California, there's probably 500. Across all of Europe, there's probably two or 3,000. And yet there's legislation in places which will prohibit or restrict that use of this technology. And the technology is fairly benign as we talk about technologies. And the fact that everyone has access to it allows us to move things forward at a very rapid pace. Now, I, I don't know much about animals or human beings, but plants is the world that I've lived in since I was five years old. And I see this as a technology that would greatly help us. What is the objection to CRISPR? Why, why do you think that there are difficulties applying it? I think it's largely by definition the European Union Court of Justice. I think it's being challenged currently by thinking from everything from the German government and activist organizations who are for it. There was a group that didn't want it and they held sway. The United States has approved the use of CRISPR. Australia has used CRISPR. And in some cases, there's no other way to fix a plant. If we have no other way to fix a problem, why wouldn't we go to the toolbox that's available to us? What's the big takeaway from your talk? I bring a couple different perspectives. I worked for a large international conglomerate called Mars Incorporated as the chief agricultural officer. I have a position at one of the great agricultural universities in the world, University of California, Davis. I've had a life inside the business, making sure that all the raw materials which are necessary for the products that people like from Mars Incorporated. 
And then I've had a life outside the business with public goods. How does that mean I'm different than the normal presenter? I don't have an allegiance to an institution, which is different than someone who spends 20 years of their life in an institution and bleeds University of Arizona blood. I don't really have that. And I'm allowed to then be on boards of, of other organizations like the Rockefeller, I'm an advisor there, and the World Wildlife Federation. So this cacophony of personality just, I guess I get to use my brain in lots of ways, which makes me very happy on a normal day. Thank you for coming in, Howard. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. The lecture series concludes Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at Centennial Hall on the university campus and will be streamed live by AZPM On Demand. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.